<laughs> Welcome, everybody. Ladies, gentlemen, beyond the binary, those in between. I'm Tom. This is Ian. Hello there. Um, we are two clowns who graduated from NICA, um, which is the National Institute of Circus Arts in Australia, Melbourne. Today we're going to do a episode called Highlighted Histories, as I'm sure you've seen in the title. And today we're going to be talking about Charlie Chaplin. Or, not me, Ian's going to be talking about Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Uh, we are recording episode nine? Yeah, it's episode nine now. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> All right, episode nine of Cheeky, we're going to do... I'm going to do a highlighted histories of Charlie Chaplin. Um, you can check out our previous highlighted episode, highlighted histories episode on Emmett Kelly, uh, which will be already posted by the time this one's up. And um, please, at the end, leave us a comment or direct message us about anything you liked or didn't like. We would love to hear your feedback. All right. Uh, just before I start, I'm going to do a little bit of a disclaimer yep. because uh, right. I, re- I really just do not have the vocabulary to really uh, articulate just how much of an impact Charlie Chaplin had on film and right. how much of an impact he had on comedy. Right, wow. Because uh, there's a lot of very, um, there's a lot of things to say about it and he had such a large impact that I really can't do it justice with this uh, mini presentation. But uh, hopefully you can get a bit of an idea of his bibliography. Mm. And... Um, a lot of his bibliography is centered around each movie that he releases. So pretty much like um, each each film is nearly like a time period in itself. We're going to include all of our sources in the bottom. Um, there's lots. Nearly every single movie has its own, you know, its own Wikipedia page in on itself, whether or not just his <laughs> biography. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, alrighty, let's um, let's get, get into cracking. it. Uh, So, Charlie Chaplin, or Charles Spencer Chaplin, as his full name, uh, was not a traditional circus clown in a sense. Um, Like our last episode was all about Emmett Kelly, who was a traditional American traveling clown. And um, Charlie Chaplin was very different. He was, in the beginning, a theater performer and predominantly a movie actor. And uh, not only was he a, a movie actor, he also became a director and um, a composer, so he also composed all the music to his films. Did he do it for all of his films? Um, good point. He did it for the majority of them. Really? I know that's that for nuts. sure. I can't confirm. I'd have to go back and look over if he did it for the last few that he did. Right. He definitely did it for but the definite, first majority. The first 20 years, I think he did it himself. Whoa, that's nuts. Um, he taught himself how to play the piano, the violin, and the cello. Yeah, could you imagine someone like Will Ferrell or Chris Hemsworth composing the music for yeah, the movies these nuts. days? <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to crack into his upbringing. Uh, Charlie Chaplin was born in London on April 16th in 1889, and uh, both of his parents were both actors and singers. Wow. So, yeah, imagine just being born in, oh, what do your parents do? They're both actors and singers. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to probably become an actor. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Wow, that's nuts. So he had a pretty rough, like he had a really up rough upbringing um, without getting into too many of the grisly details. Um, his father passed away when he was really young, like younger than 10. Whoa. And his mother had a lot of mental illness. So and she ended up being committed to a, um, a mental asylum when he was like 14 or so. Jeez. Um, which is pretty hectic. So both Charlie and his uh, brother Sydney had to work really hard um, from a young age to help support themselves. And I think um, if this is right, he was put into like uh, like uh, like workshop like child like workshops. Oh right, yeah, 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 totally. He did that twice before the age of ten, which um, was Whoa. pretty 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 intense. So it was Charlie's mother who encouraged him to pursue performing work, mm-hmm. and um, at roughly the age of ten to eleven, using his parents' contacts. There you go. Nice. <laughs> That's what we need. Uh, he got a job with a company called the Eight Land Cashier Lads. <laughs> uh, which was a dancing, which was a dancing troupe, and uh, he toured parts of England performing in small music halls, um, doing clog dancing, which is basically, I think, is tap dancing. Oh, oh, that's so funny! That's so cool. And uh, so he was a tap dancer for two years, from um, the age of like ten to twelve or so, <laughs> which I, I I didn't know before. Who knew? <laughs> It was pretty much after he, after doing that, he did that for about two years, and then he decided he didn't want to be a dancer. He wanted to do comedy, so he wanted to make a comedy act. Right. It couldn't. It didn't really say anywhere what the actual comic act involved, or like how many he did um, throughout the next couple of years. But mm-hmm. he was definitely every time he performed, he definitely got like quite a pretty large appraisal. Right. So at the age of ten, of like twelve or thirteen, he signed up for an agency on West End in London to try and get more to try and get more performing work, and ended up getting a comic role performing in a show that only lasted about two weeks um, because the production closed from lack of ticket sales. But despite that show's failure, Charlie's comic act received really positive reviews, and the agency's manager, who was also his mentor was able to put him into a production of Sherlock Holmes, like a professional production of Sherlock Holmes. That's nuts. And um, so this this was pretty significant. He must have been around 14 or something, uh, 14 um, or early 13, or 13, early 14. Yeah, right. And um, he performed as a character called Billy the Page Boy for two and a half years and did like three nationwide tours. Jesus. At the age of 16, for two months, he performed the show on West End, which is pretty much, my understanding, the London equivalent of Broadway. So at 16, <laughs> at 16, he's on Broadway. It's like, oh, well, sorry, West End, but like the equivalent of. You know, yeah. So, That's nuts. So I had no idea. you can do if you don't go to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, um, he, quit, he, he quit school at 13, actually. He's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, fair enough. One thing I didn't know that I suppose while doing, while like before I started re- researching him, that like he, I didn't know just how much of like a young prodigy he was. Like he was very good very yeah. early. So, right. as I've already said before, like uh, his his career is pretty heavily documented. Documented, and um, without going into every single detail, because we're trying to keep this in highlighted histories. Um, he often <laughs> stays in a pretty like 
pretty similar pattern for like the next from the between the ages of like 16 to 23 right so what he does he will like land a job um stay with the company for a year or two and like builds experience and develops his skills and uh, with each company he pretty much starts on trials and minor roles and over time like proves himself and starts like getting like main characters and um then when that happens he like sort of leaves onto something often bigger and better and then um repeats the pro- <laughs> repeats the process somewhere else wow that's impressive that's so funny like you know being like oh i'm i'm just getting this major character right well i've succeeded time to move on <laughs> yeah <laughs> so from the ages of 17 when he leaves sherlock holmes uh to 23 early 24 he gets massively into comic acting so he mm-hmm. joins a number of different troops uh, and gets and picks up some like pretty big momentum. Um, the most notable is one called the Fred Carno Repertoire Company, and he stayed with them for around three years. And during that time, he was able to travel internationally performing uh, comic acting. Um, mm-hmm. So he did two tours of the U.S. of the United States. Um, so that was a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, he was already starting to like pick up a bit of um, uh, popularity there. So in 1914, while Charlie was touring in the American uh, in America with the Kano Company, he was scouted by the New York Motion Picture Company, and in particular a uh, movie studios called Keystone Studios. Mm-hmm. So are they still around today? Do you want me to do, I I do like it? I've seen... Should we do it? Yeah. Let's do a quick a little interlude. S- interlude and search <laughs> that up right now. Uh, ceased operations 31st of December 1935. Oh, okay. So <laughs> probably not quite. Still oh, going. Oh, you know. Stopped running nearly 100 years ago. <laughs> uh, no, nah, like. 80-something years ago. That's so funny. <laughs> so he gets he gets scouted uh, for his comic acting with Keystone. Uh, sorry, he gets scouted for his comic acting with the Fred Carno Repertoire Company. And he signs a one-year contract with Keystone Studios. Mm-hmm. And he gets paid $150 a week. And uh, in particular, with this studio company, it was his second ever film with them that he picked up picked out his like signature tramp costume for his movies and so during his time there they did a number of different they did probably they did quite a lot of films actually i don't have here exactly how many he did Mm. but it was in the middle of the year when he started making like suggestions for his characters and for like suggestions on on like how things should go and he ended up like getting into like fights with the directors (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of like what the hell man like this is my movie we, we like hired you. <laughs> yeah like, shut up and do what you're told <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is only after he offers to contribute financially <laughs> oh, so he, he for one film he chips in 
$1,500, so like $1,500 for 10 weeks of his salary uh, to actually become part director. <laughs> and uh, what happens is, so after he um, chips in that money, the movie actually does pretty well. And they actually said, okay, like, all right, you can, you can start directing. And they produce mm. one film a week. Oh, my. Yeah, that's the thing. Because when we were looking at Charlie Chaplin films before, we were like, he's done so many. Yeah. That's nuts. So I think what's, what makes them so much easier is because I think they're relatively short. I think they're like short films. Oh, okay. Yeah, they make they make one a week. <laughs> so it's really so many. cranking them out. Really pumping them out. Jesus. Yeah. So these films are pretty popular. And so they're pretty much so popular that he gets a new contract that can pay him pretty much 10 times what he was earning oh with Keystone Company. <laughs> so he joins, he signs a one-year contract with NSC Company in 1915, uh, and they offer him $1,250 a week with a $10,000 signing bonus. That's a lot of so money. it's nearly like a hundred times. Like yeah, it's like a hundred <laughs> times what he. Well, the signing bonus was a hundred times what he was earning with Keystone Studios. That's nuts. So yeah, he signs this. Um, he signs this new deal, and and these films. Uh, basically, I think the the contract was he had to make eleven films in a year. That's not bad. It was during this time with NSC Company that he created his like normal, basically his usual cast, like a regular cast. Oh, that's interesting. So in many of his films, he'll have returning character, like returning actors. Right. I think he had four or five people that were regulars in his films, and so these films do really well. And uh, like like really really well, and basically to put it into perspective, um, with his next contract with a company called Mutual Company, uh-huh. he becomes one of the highest paid people on the planet. <laughs> Whoa! And so in the early Ooh. in the early nineteen hundreds, there's no internet, so film is basically one of the largest global exports with the widest reach. Whoa. Um, so last year, like, so last year, like 20, 2019, like Dwayne Johnson was the highest paid actor. Yeah, um, right. and you know, so by the age of 26, Charlie Chaplin is like the Dwayne Johnson of the <laughs> early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny comparison. <laughs> and, um, he basically signs a deal for... Six hundred and seventy thousand dollars, which in like now times is like fifteen million, fifteen million dollars, or like three three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a week in in like today's currency. <laughs> That's so much money. So, with this contract, it's he has to, he's required to make a two real film every four weeks, um, which he does. Jesus. So, there's a reason why, like, his films were so popular. Basically, they were, like, a new kind of comedy. So, basically, like, 
this sort of style hadn't really been seen around before. And in particular, his character right. of the tramp, people really caught a lot of traction. Like people thought it was like, right. like funny, but also like he's stupid relatable. and relatable. Yeah, exactly. During this two-year period, actually, uh, so he's uh, with Mutual Company. He gets criticized for um, not enlisting in the First World War. Right, of course. Um, so what happens is basically he does uh, this contract and he pretty much starts to feel a little bit like under the pump. Starts to feel under the pump with like all of the... Like all the rules and stuff. Yeah, starts to feel under the pump with all the requirements. So basically like yeah. one film every month. And uh, basically because he's, you know, super wealthy at this point, he decides what's really important <laughs> for him is freedom. So he wants to make his own films at his own pace. Right. And uh, in 1918, he signs a new contract uh, with First National Film Company, or First Nationals, and um, for a million dollars, which is $20 million in today's <laughs> today's country <laughs> Jesus Christ and uh the conditions imagine of imagine having 20 million dollars oh my Sorry, god yeah no absolutely like what <laughs> <laughs> he um so this contract was he had to produce eight films but there wasn't really the same kind of time limit that he had to do it in so he actually oh, fulfills this nice. contract after a couple of years so I think it's maybe like right uh let me see if I can go. Yeah, he does this one after a couple of years. So in this period of time is when he makes movies such as The Kid. Right. So okay. The Kid is one of his uh, like most famous earlier films. And um, uh -huh. during, during this time when he's blowing up and getting super famous, he also marries for the first time. Oh, cool. Uh, and he has it, so it's quite funny. We'll go into it further, but Charlie Chaplin marries four times. <laughs> Whoa! And he has eleven children. <laughs> That's so many more than I thought, right? And there's actually such a scandal. Like, well, as you get further on, there's like <laughs> there's some like serious scandals with these with these uh, <laughs> serious scandals with these marriages. Um, so what happens is with his first wife, they marry because she says she's pregnant. And um, oh. I don't quite remember if, if she faked the pregnancy the first time and then got pregnant later. Um, but the first child ends up passing away after a few days. So it's, oh. so it's like really quite um, quite unfortunate. And it's that re one of the influences that that had was in the making of the kid because he, oh. he kind of wanted to explore – the idea of like a an adult child, you know, parental relationship in a film, and why the kid was so popular is because it was one of the first films that had both comedy and drama. So there's um, oh. yeah. So there's a really good YouTube video which we'll link in here that explains that it compares the kid to a Buster Keaton film. <clears throat> And it says because the beginning of the of the kid is not slapstick, it's all about like the like this woman basically um, abandoning, orphaning her child 
you actually have a much yeah. more emotional investment in the characters and their development. While comparing to a Buster Keaton film, who, um, just as a note, Buster Keaton might get his own highlighted uh, histories episode coming up. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> um, Buster Keaton's movie opens, you know, with slapstick straight away, and like he is getting like beaten around and like trying to like rob a bank, but because you don't really know who he is and what he's doing and why. There's no, there's not that same kind of emotional attachment to each one. Right. So this. Wow. And uh, the category is called um, dramedy. <laughs> oh, I found that, that an unfortunate name. Uh, I don't know if that's an official terminology, but uh, it's the planning of <laughs> comedy and drama. <laughs> yeah. So we'll link that video in the description because that's a great video. And um, so after doing eight films with First Nationals for $20 million, Charlie's like, all right, I'm going to become an independent producer. So basically from this point on, he does no work with an external studio. So he's able to basically fund everything and produce everything himself. Right. All righty. So that has been part one of the highlighted history section of Charlie Chaplin. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to go into his life beyond becoming an independent film producer. Yeah, exciting times. You guys will just have to wait till next week when it's released. Ooh. Probably next week. Most, most <laughs> definitely next week. <laughs> All right, shall we do a joke of the day? Yeah, okay, I found some good ones. I'm ready. Okay. So, and the Lord said unto John, "Come forth, and you will see receive eternal life." But John came fifth and won a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I had no idea what direction that was going to go. <laughs> yeah, really couldn't have gone anywhere. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yeah, it's a good one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right Thanks for listening. Thank See you, you for week. listening. Bye. Bye.